0: Hey friends, welcome to the City Hope Podcast. My name is Bobby Thompson, and I have the privilege of serving as a lead pastor. I pray that today's message would inspire you, it would encourage you, and it would also challenge you in your walk with Christ. Enjoy today's sermon. Well, again, good morning. My name is Bobby. If I haven't got to meet you yet... Uh, I, I just want to emphasize and share with Sam, man, your presence matters to us here. Thank you for being here. It really does. There, you you could have been doing so many different things this morning, and we're grateful uh, that, that you chose to be here with us. I believe that God has a word for you today, and uh, myself and our team, we've been praying for you. We've been praying for you this week, and I hope that, that today you walk out of here... Have, feeling that you uh you met with the Lord we're we've been in this series in the book of James each week over the last five Sundays we've been taking a week a a chapter out of the book of James and just kind of digging in and looking and seeing what we can learn from it and I was telling our 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 guys in the back I feel like James is kind of like this this whole book has been like a boxing match I feel like James just keeps giving us body blows and 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 it's just telling us man this is what you need to do and this is how you need to live and and this is where you need to you know find God and so uh, I pray that it's been helpful to you. And if you, if you haven't been with us this whole time, go back. You can listen on our podcast. Um, go and listen to all the other sermons. But while we're talking about sermon series, let me tell you this. I'm so, so, so excited. Next Sunday, we're beginning a brand new series. It's called 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting. Okay? And we're going, we did this last year. Every year, as school starts back and kind of all of our lives get back into that routine... Uh, We do this series and next Sunday we're going to start that and so begin thinking about and praying about is there some things that you want to see God do in your life ways that you need God to move and we're going to start that next Sunday and for 21 days together we're just going to seek the Lord we're going to call out to him we're going to fast together and so begin thinking about that uh, if you would so a quick recap of James and I'm not going to go through everything but James is the half brother of Jesus. And he was a guy that saw Jesus do all kinds of crazy things, all the miracles that Jesus did, but he didn't believe in Jesus until after Jesus died and was risen from the grave. And so James is now this believer. He's on fire for the Lord, and he's writing this letter to Christians. He's trying to tell these Christians, here's how you need to act. Here's the things you need to do. These are some things in your life. He's encouraging them. But James is, uh, like we heard last week, James is that old football coach. He just has no filter, he just tells you exactly how it is, and it doesn't matter if it hurts your feelings or not, alright? Anybody have a friend like that? You got somebody, they just tell you how it is, right? Uh, sometimes you want to punch them, sometimes you're, you're thankful for them, uh, but James is kind of in your face, and so today we're going to jump into chapter 5, and i um, uh, I want to encourage you, if you, uh, if you have your Bible, go to James chapter 5. The first six verses here, let me just uh, teach just for a second. The first six verses here, James is kind of teaching these, uh, these non-believers, these people who they've put their hope and their trust in their wealth, right? They have all these riches and they think this is what's going to bring satisfaction and, and they have this false sense of security. They're not very humble. They treat people bad. And so James is like, listen, this is not good. And so these first six verses, we see he's addressing these sinners. But then he turns back to addressing brothers and sisters in Christ. And so begin reading in verse 7. So let's stand to our feet in honor of the reading of God's word. I pray that you brought your Bible with you today or or you have it on your phone or whatever. If not, it's here on the screen. You can check it out here. We'll read these first uh, four or five verses together. Begin reading in verse 7, James chapter 5. Therefore, brothers and sisters... Be patient until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth and is patient with it until it receives the early and the late rains. You also must be patient. Strengthen your hearts because the Lord's coming is near. Verse 9. Brothers and sisters, do not complain about one another so that you will not be judged. Look, the judge stands at the door. Brothers and sisters, take the prophets who spoke in the Lord's name as an example of suffering and patience. See, we count as blessed those who have endured. And he gives us a little example. You have heard of Job's endurance and have seen the outcome that the Lord brought about. The Lord is compassionate and merciful. Would you pray with me? Father, I pray you would bless the reading of your word for these next few minutes. Speak to our hearts, God. Use these moments in our lives to push us, to encourage us, to get us on the right track that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Today, I want to ask you a question, all right? Now, this is a personal question. I want you to think about this. Don't answer it for your spouse, all right? Here's the question. Would you consider yourself a patient person, all right? That's why I said don't answer for your spouse, okay? Would you consider yourself patient? Now, can I be a little bit honest with you today? Hearing the word patient makes me impatient, all right? I'm just being honest, all right? I have a major dislike of waiting. And 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 I don't know that anybody really does enjoy that. If you do, you're probably lying. But if you if you you know, we all think about it, patience is not something that is easy. I was thinking about different scenarios where where I get patient, we're gonna kind of build up to the, the you know the, the first one isn't so bad. Look look at this picture, and maybe maybe this is just me, maybe I'm weird, but but this drive those three dots drive me insane. All right? If someone texts me and says, hey, can we talk? This is Pastor Brad texting me. Sure, what's up, Pastor Brad? And he just leaves the three dots, right? Uh, that's really not him. Um, but but uh, I'm just like, what do you want? Just text me back. I said, what's up, right? Now, that's like low-level impatience, okay? The next one, maybe you can really relate to this next one. Look at it. Oh, buddy, all right? This is where I start getting a little, the heartbeat gets going, all right? They're at the red light. And they're on their phone, and the light turns green, all right? I saw some of y'all do this recently, so I know who you are. But, but, oh, man, they're on the phone. And what do you do? You got your horn, right? You got to honk the horn to let them know, like, I'm behind you, and you need to go. Um, that, that's one of my, and now here's the last one. This one's like, you're just ready to punch everybody, all right? The, the airport, Wait. Right. When you're in the airport and they cancel your flight, man, I got a great story. Shira, she punched. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you the story. I'm not going to dog you, babe. Uh, Waiting in the airport is awful. Delays, cancellations, all of that. God, I need patience. Right. Those are the moments in our lives where you're just like having patience is so hard. It's so, so difficult, and James, thankful for James, he's that friend that just goes right in on the areas that we all need help. James has several truths today that I want to just pull out a couple things, and that that I think is going to help us when it comes to having patience, when it comes to waiting. The first thing I want you to hear today is this, when circumstances are uncontrollable, be patient. When the circumstances of your life, when the seasons of your life are uncontrollable, be patient. Look back at verse 7. Therefore, brothers and sisters, again, James is talking to believers. He's talking to Christians. Be patient until the Lord's coming. Then he goes into this example. Look what he uses. The farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth and is patient until it receives the early and the late rains. You must all will also be patient. I love how he uses the farmer. Any farmers in here? Like you're, you're like a legit farmer. Anybody? Maybe a little bit. Okay. Some of, some. He uses this. You know, you think about it. Okay. Farmers, they they can't control the rain right they don't know if it's going to rain today or tomorrow they don't they can't control there's so much of being a farmer. you can't control the crops you can kind of try to help them but you can't control the seasons of life but farmers are very notorious for what for their patience right because if they're not they're not gonna be farmers for very long patience is is when they when they don't know what's going on but they trust God anyway Now, now let's think about that in James, what James is telling us. Every single one of us are going to go through seasons where you can't control that season. You can't control everything that is happening. You can't control that circumstance. There's going to be seasons of your life where you don't have the answer. All you have is hope. All you have is is, God, I'm relying on you. And James says, during those seasons, be patient. Be patient. But I want you to see something here as as you really think about it. I love that he uses the farmer because so many times we think patience is just sitting. We think patience is inactive. We just, we're going to wait. And we're just, as long as I'm, uh, you know, not complaining and as long as I'm not doing anything, it's not sitting around doing nothing. All right. Biblical patience is an active patience. It is an active patience. And this is where we see this. Again, let's go back to the farmer. The farmer, he can't control the rain. He can't control the seasons. He can't control most of the crops that he's got going on. He can't control the animals coming in and eating. But he can control a few things, right? There are some things that he can control. He can prepare the ground. He can can sow the seeds. He can pull the weeds. He can fertilize. There's a lot that the farmer can be doing while he's waiting on the things that he can't control. And I love how James uses this, this uh, uh, analogy because it helps us see that being patient is active. Doing the things that I I'm gonna be faithful in the things that I know to be true, God. I'm gonna be faithful. I can't hurry the process, I can't change the process, I can't change the seasons or the events, but I know that I can I can do some things during this time. And what do farmers do? They work hard while they wait. They work really hard while they wait. And I love again just he uses this kind of old school example of farmers but but I, as I was praying and reading through this well let's let's talk about today right all right and we we got one person in here raised their hand said they're a farmer so what about the rest of us who aren't farmers right so let's take a step back why is it so difficult for us to wait why is it so difficult for us to have patience well think about the society that we live in today think about the culture we live in today we've actually conditioned ourselves not to wait. Many of us are impatient because we live in a culture where convenience is king, right? Convenience is everything. If I think it, then I can click it and then I can have it. That's 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 our life, right? If I, all I gotta do is think it, then I go click and I find it, and then I gotta have it. A, a, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we were sitting around a, a, in our house, and, and Shira was like, all right, I'm gonna do a grocery run. Uh, what does everybody need for groceries? And, and so everybody's telling her what to do, and, and, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, hey, we're all gonna go to the grocery later. About an hour later, somebody's knocking on the door, and I'm like, what is going on? Who's here? And Shira's like, oh, that's the groceries. And I'm like, what, wait, what? And that's the moment I was introduced to Instacart. I had no idea that that existed, right? But think about it. We, we, we have on-demand TV, right? You can watch whatever you want, whenever you want, for however long you want. We got Amazon. You, you want it in two days? Boom. You, you want it quicker? I'm sure they have that, too. I don't really know, but I'm sure you can get it today if you want it, right? Heaven forbid when the little circle comes on and our Wi-Fi is struggling, right? You, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, my gosh, the world is ending in those moments, We've conditioned ourselves. Why? Because convenience is king. We don't want to wait. Now, now here's where we, here's where we you know, need to lean into what James is saying. James is saying, uh, uh, be patient. So can this convenience is king mindset can easily, if you're not careful, if you're not intentional, can easily creep into your relationship with the Lord. It can easily get into your relationship with Christ. And James is saying, hey, wait a minute. you got to be patient while God is working. It's not going to always happen in an instant. It's not always going to happen in a, in a two-day turnaround. And we have to be intentional. I wonder how many of us give up because we've conditioned ourselves to, to only do what's convenient. How many of us, well, I mean, I, I prayed for that for a couple days, but I, I didn't feel anything. So I just stopped praying about it. Uh, uh god god i i gave i gave to the church three or four times and i didn't get any blessings so we're just gonna, we're not gonna do that anymore that, that didn't work god i i know you tell me to forgive 70 times seven and i forgave him four or five times but I, i'm just done with that has convenience crept into our relationship with christ is the question that i think james is really trying to get you and i to answer is it are you going to be patient are you going to have this active patience or is convenience the thing that you're looking for think about again 2023 you know we went through the pandemic and 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 church became real convenient sitting on the couch in our pj's didn't it y'all remember that it became convenient and the reality is, some of us, man, that's still our thing. Why? Because it's so much easier, it's so much more convenient to sit at home and not be held accountable in a community of believers, right? It's so much easier just to stay away and, 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 and just hope that everything works out. And James says, when the circumstances are uncontrollable, you got to be patient. Don't allow comfort and convenience to kill your Christianity. you got to be patient. you got to allow God to do his thing. I, 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 I ran across this quote this week, and I thought it was so fitting. Let go of what you can't control. Let go of what you can't control. When the circumstances are, I don't know what's going on, God, be patient. It's the first truth we see. The second truth we see, look at verse 8 with me. James keeps going. He says, you must also be patient. And then he gives these, these three words. And I think these are three very, very powerful words. He says, strengthen your heart. Strengthen your heart. Because the Lord's coming is near. Now, here we go. We see this again. Waiting is active. He's not saying sit back and do nothing. He says, strengthen your heart. Do what you need to do to get your heart settled to get your heart in the right place waiting isn't about God forsaking you God forgetting you being unfaithful it's actually giving you time to consider God's glory waiting is actually giving you time to grow stronger in your faith listen to this waiting isn't just about what you're hoping for at the end of the wait but it's also about what you will become as you wait some of you today are waiting You're waiting and and, and it's a passive wait and you're just kind of sitting and you're just waiting and all you're doing is looking at the end. Man, I can't wait till it happens. I can't wait till it comes true. I can't wait till this changes. I can't wait till my husband. I can't wait till my child. And all you're doing is looking. And I think what James is trying to get us across, he says, while you're waiting, strengthen yourself. Get yourself where you need to be. Strengthen yourself. Be faithful in the things that you can control so that when it happens, you're the person that God needs you to be. You see, waiting always presents you and I with a choice. It always presents you and I with a choice. Will I allow myself to to, to question God? Will I allow myself to to, to progressively grow weaker in doubt and doubt and, and be anxious? Or will I embrace this opportunity and will I strengthen my faith in God? Will it will it help me build my spiritual muscles? Will I will I take these con, uh, healthy steps? Here's what I believe. I believe that strengthening your heart, as James calls us to do, it's a mindset. It's a mindset that you and I have to be into. Think about any uh, uh, little ad that pops up on your phone or, or on your TV. You know, we, we see tons of these every day. You know, get in shape. Lose weight. Follow this diet plan. Do this workout. You know, eat this food. Why? Because we, we, we have this kind of obsession with looking the right way and feeling the right way. And, and I think what, what James is trying to say is like, you know, you need to, you need to strengthen your spiritual muscles. He says, strengthen your heart. And too many times we allow the uncontrollable circumstances that we don't have over we allow those things to weaken our heart and then just to keep us there in that weak state. We allow those times in our lives to just man, it struggle it hurts and then that becomes who we are. And James is saying, "No, no, 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 no. You got to work out these spiritual muscles. When you get knocked down, you can't stay down. When 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 uncontrollable things happen in your life, you got to strengthen your heart. I was reading this week and I was reminded of the great philosopher Chumbawamba and that old great song, I get knocked down, but I get up again. No, you're never going to keep me down. All right. Everyone under 30, ask someone who that is and, and what I'm talking about. You probably think I'm talking in tongues right now. I get knocked down, but I get up again. We're all going to get knocked down. And James knew this. James knew this. As Christians, you're going to have struggles, man. You're going to have things come into your life. But you got to strengthen your heart. you got to be ready. It's time, church. It's time that we take charge of our heart. You remember what Proverbs said? Uh, We talked about this a few weeks ago. What he says, he says, guard your heart because out of it becomes everything you do. Right? It's your heart. You're the one that has to guard it you got to take charge of your heart. And so often we just allow our hearts, we allow it to just be weak. And Oh God, this is so bad and this is what happened and we don't take charge of our hearts. And James is telling us, listen man, when these times come into your life, you got to take charge. Take charge while you're waiting, take charge of your heart. So how do I do that? Well, here's what I want you to see. I want you to identify this. What are the habits of my heart? What are some of the habits of my heart? Now remember, uh, uh, in, in James chapter 1, James chapter 2, he, would t- he kept telling us, James chapter 3, out of your mouth comes words, right? Where do those words come from? They come from your heart. So everything that you got going on, the way you act, the way you react, the way you are impatient, the way you struggle, the way you praise, are all coming out of your hearts. The habits of my heart determine how I wait. How good am I at waiting? How, how, how bad am I at waiting? The habits of my heart are what determine that. Now, let's be real, okay? I told you, James is a boxer, and he's given us some body blows. And I feel like this, this teaching series, man, I feel like I've been beating you guys up. But I'm just trying to, just to be like what, what God's Word says. And, and, and I want you to think about this. Some of you today, you sit in here, and you've created some unhealthy habits in your heart. And when the waiting comes, when the uncontrollable circumstances come, you give way to doubt. You immediately start doubting God. Is it, do you even care? Are you even up there? Do you even know me? Some of us we we give way to anger. We immediately get angry. We give way to discouragement. We give way to envy. We give way to inactivity. Well, I'm just going to sit and wait. I'm not going to do anything. And James is saying, listen, it's time for you to declare that from this moment forward, you're going to strengthen your heart. You're going to take control of your heart. And I'm going to start working out my spiritual muscles, God. I'm going to start, I'm going to start doing what it takes to be the man or woman you've called me to be. So how do I build spiritual muscles while I wait? It's like all those diets and all that stuff. Everybody's got a plan. Everybody's got to work out. Everybody's got to eat this. Don't eat this. You know, like Eat your Oreos, whatever. Who cares? Right? Like, like, here's what it comes down to. I replace unhealthy habits with healthy habits. When, it, when it's all stripped away, when it all comes back to how, how do I work out my spiritual muscles? I replace unhealthy habits with healthy habits. I resist those things that I know are not good for me, and I strive after the things that God's given. So what are some of those things? Let me just give you a few things, right? We, we, we like to see our list. Okay, these are the things I can't eat. These are the things I can't eat, right? Well, let me, let me give you some, some of uh, God's gym equipment, okay? <laughs> some some, some uh, equipment that you and I, these, these are the things that are designed to strengthen your heart. These are the things that God gives you and I to build your muscles of your heart. You wanna, you wanna become a healthy person. You want what comes out of your heart to be, to be different than what it's been for the last 20 years. Let me give you some things. Number one, a regular study of God's word. A regular study of God's word. A consistent godly fellowship. I'm gonna go through these fast. Looking for God's glory in creation every single day, putting yourself under excellent preaching and teaching. We've got to work on that one. Investing your quiet mental time in meditating on the goodness of God, reading excellent Christian books, spending ample time in prayer. If you want to strengthen your heart, you need to do the things that God's called you and I to do. That will give us these healthy habits, and that way, when when sh- struggles come, when when un. Uh, controllable circumstances happen in my life, that's when I have patience because I've been building. I've been building these spiritual muscles and I gotta be ready and I gotta have my habits in order. James is saying, strengthen your heart. You gotta strengthen it. Don't just sit back and wait. Don't just sit back and be inactive. Be like the farmer. Get out there and do the work that it takes to be ready. And then finally, I love this part. James gives us this reminder. James gives us this reminder in verse 10 and 11. He says, brothers and sisters, take the prophets who spoke in the Lord's name as an example of suffering. So he's, he's drawing back on, hey, you remember these guys? Remember these guys? Remember what they did? Remember how God blessed them? We, we look at those, man, they, they were persecuted, they struggled, but, but now we look back and like, man, they did it. They, they were healthy, they did the right thing. But then in verse 11, he, he kind of individualizes someone. He says, you've heard of Job's endurance and you've seen the outcome that the Lord brought about. The Lord is compassionate and merciful. I know that probably most of us in here are familiar with Job. Job was a guy who was striving to serve the Lord. The devil came. He He wanted to basically end Job's life. And so he just took everything away from Job. His family, his land, everything that he had. And despite all of his loss, all of his uncontrollable circumstances, if there's, if there's anybody ever that could have, should have questioned God, that should have had the, God, what are you doing? If there's anybody ever that was justified, that was Job, right? All the suffering, all the loss, everything that he had. But I want you to look what he says. In Job chapter 1, verse 20, after everything happened, the Bible says this, he rightly praised God, he fell to the ground and worshiped. What? He fell to the ground and worshiped. And, and, and again, James is talking to the, to the modern day people, right? And he's saying, remember Job? Remember Job? All that bad stuff happened to him? All that stuff and he didn't know why it happened? He fell to the ground and worshiped. And listen to the words that came out of Job's mouth. Now remember, go with me here. What is in my heart is what comes out of my mouth. Listen to what Job said. Naked I came from my mother's womb. Naked I shall return. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Wow. I want that to be what's hidden in my heart when the uncontrollable circumstances hit. I want that to be when when I'm impatient and when I'm waiting on God to show up, I want God, blessed be your name. God, I don't see it and I don't know it, but God, today I'm going to worship you. And and here's here's what, you know, I... I love, I love God's word and I love just getting in it. And I've read these stories a million times, just like many of you. And I always pray, God, give me something new. Speak to me today. And and as I was thinking about Job and like, how in the world did he have this? How was that in his heart after all the loss, after all the suffering? and, 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 And this is what the Lord told me. Job knew where to hide. Job knew exactly where to hide. And so that's my message for you today as we walk out of here in just a few minutes. Establish your hiding place, church. You gotta know where to hide. Establish when 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 attacks come, when struggles come, when uncontrollable circumstances come, where do you run to? Where do you run to? Where do you hide when things get hard? these seasons of life that we hate, these seasons of of just, man, it's just a struggle. What do I do? Where do you run to? Let's get real. Some of us today are ashamed of the answer to that question. Some of us today don't like the answer to that question. The place that we run to when life gets hard, that substance. Where do you run to? Where's your hiding place today? Try to, try to mask it, try to make sure, uh, I just can't, I can't. Some, some of us, man, we, we go to blame, right? We go to blame in everybody else. We blame everybody else for what's going on, and that's, that's, our, that's our hiding place. Well, it's not my fault, it's you. It's you, it's you, it's you. We go to blame. We go to substance. We go to pornography. We go to low expectations. We go to a lot of places. We get a lot of unhealthy habits, places that we run to, that we hide to. I want you to hear me today, church. You're not here by accident. You got up and you made a decision to come here. But this is what I believe. I believe that God is calling out to some of us here today. He's trying to help you identify there's some unhealthy hiding places in your life. You need to get out of those places and you need to find shelter in me. That's what God's speaking to your heart to today. The psalmist says, God, you are my hiding place. You are my shield. Let me encourage you today, church. Hide in the shadows of the Most High God. Strengthen your heart. Hide behind who God is. Where's your hiding place? Can I, can I just be real with you for a minute as James, let's, keep, let's get a couple more body blows in. If you're hiding in any other place than Jesus Christ, you're just playing pretend. You're not really hiding. You're not, that's not going to change The the things that you're running to that aren't godly, that aren't righteous, that aren't holy, are temporary. Some of you today, as you walk out of here, your, your message that God's speaking to you is you need to find a better hiding spot. You need to find a better hiding space. Find hiding. Find shelter in the Word of God. Job. Job said, I worship you. After the most excruciating, horrible tragedy that any of us could ever imagine, Job looked and he said, I worship you. Because he was hiding in the shelter of his father. Find truth in God's word. God's word proclaims to you and I. What does he say? Hide my word in your heart. Hide my word in your heart. Today, let me encourage you, just like Job did. Worship while you wait. Worship while you wait. You're you're waiting on the diagnosis. You're waiting on the phone call for the job. You're waiting on the relationship to be mended. Worship while you wait. Stop running to unhealthy habits. Stop running to unhealthy hiding places. James says, strengthen your heart. It's time to strengthen your heart, church. Some of these songs that we sing on Sunday, some of you, what you need to do is you need to sing those in your car. You need to sing those in your shower. You need to sing those over your family. You need to worship while you wait. While you're waiting on God to show up. Strengthen your heart. Worship while you wait. Set your heart on Him. Allow Him to be your hiding place. I'm going to ask you just to bow your heads. Close your eyes, and we're going to get out of here in just a moment. Talking about worshiping this morning, Uh, the first service. One of those old songs that we, most of you probably grew up listening to. Some of you may not have, but one of those old songs just came to my heart. I don't know, maybe today that's just what you need to sing over your life. That old song says, I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice to worship you. Oh, my soul, rejoice. Take joy, my King, in what you hear. May it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. With heads bowed and eyes closed, let's just take a minute and let that be our worship today. Thanks again for tuning in with us today. We would love to connect with you, and the best way to do that is through social media or go straight to our website. God bless you, and have a wonderful day.